If you're pregnant and considering abortion, I have important news. I'm attorney Mosley Collins. Perhaps you know my phone number, 444-4444. In the past, I've spoken about personal injury accidents, but today I want to help you if you are pregnant and considering abortion. I know that's a scary spot to be in. So we've created a new organization called SaveYourBaby.org. If you call us, we have resources, medical care, housing, and more to help you save your baby. And it's all free. Many people now believe abortion is a bad choice. Even the woman who brought the original lawsuit legalizing abortion now believes she made a terrible mistake. I don't want you to make a terrible mistake. So I hope you call me at 444-4444. We will help you without charge. But in the end... It's up to you, because only you can save your baby. Hi, I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's teaching of Real Christianity with your teacher, Mosley Collins. Each week, we try to bring you a study of God's Word that will encourage and equip you to live a life that God can bless, to live a life of real Christianity. And now, I am proud to present your brother in Christ and my husband, Mosley Collins. Thank you, darling, and welcome, my listeners, to today's edition of Real Christianity, where each, uh, with each program, I try and bring you a biblical foundation for living a life that's pleasing to God. And today, I have in the studio Randy Thomason, who's the founder and president of SaveCalifornia.com. Hello, Randy. Hello, Mosley. A pleasure to be on your show, as always. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, Randy, um, tell, tell our listeners who, who are not sure, what does SaveCalifornia.com do? Well, obviously, California needs to be saved. Yes. But, um, we've got another group called SaveAmerica.com, because America needs to be saved. Absolutely. We stand up for what God supports for families and for society. Uh, we stand up in the media, the government, and the culture for family-friendly values, marriage and family, parental rights, the sanctity of human life, financial freedom, religious freedom, back-to-basics, education. Um, and we have to go back to the beginning. I, I call it unraveling the onion. Politics, politicians, laws, bills, these are symptomatic of the real rulers of the land, um, the people, the voters. We, right. we have a democratic republic. The republic means we have a constitution, and we're supposed to follow the laws, not just follow powers. And, um, but we have a democratic style in that we get to vote. So we are voting for the government that we have, and if people have bad government, it's because the people are voting bad, and it's because their minds are bad. Well, you know, I think part of our job is to help people see um, what's the godly choice in the in the in the voting booth. And it also means uh, we need to choose our identity in Christ. If you call yourself a Christian or a believer, you need to first and foremost be a child of God. Um, you need to have your identity in Jesus, not your identity in your race, your sex, your uh, financial position. Right. right. And that's the problem we have in America. You have you have uh, people of uh, racial and ethnic groups voting for people of the same racial and ethnic groups. We have people of the same sex voting for people of the same sex. Um, we've got people who are married to the political party 
more than they're married to Jesus. Yeah. And it, it, that's what I call idolatry. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I'm registered as a Republican, which I assume most Christians would be, uh, because the Republican Party um, is more likely to have um, the things that we believe in, which is like pro-life and to be against um, pro-choice to kill the baby. Not always, but, you know, if you had to balance the two. But, you know, I really don't consider myself a Republican, I, nor do I consider myself a conservative, which is the big buzzword. I consider myself a Christian, yeah. a follower of Jesus. And that's where I want to vote. I don't, you know, you... I have to. I want to vote for Christian things because someday, I and everyone listening will stand before God, and God's going to re- going to show us on a big screen the votes we cast. And I would pray that none of my listeners would ever vote for a politician who's pro-abortion to kill the innocent baby. So, I would pray you would never, never vote for someone like Barack Obama or Dianne Feinstein, or Nancy Pelosi, or Barbara Boxer, or any politician who's willing to kill innocent babies for political gain. Mm-hmm. And that's the easy one for a yeah. believer. A little more difficult, but still biblical, is the concept of limited government. Uh, God had a job description for government in both uh, the Old Testament and in, uh, in the New Testament, um, where uh, Romans 13 talks about that the government is established to be an agent of God, uh, protecting the innocent, punishing the guilty. But when government gets its job description upside down, it ceases to become godly. And when government st- takes away personal responsibility, becomes too big, says, we'll take care of you, when really God wants you to take care of yourself, right? then you have a godless government as well. So we need to understand not just the moral issues, but also the structural issues yeah. uh, to de- determine what is a Christian way of voting. You know, one of the things that's really on my heart is to remind people that this nation was founded and blessed by God. You know, there's a huge push today to uh, convince people and to rewrite history so that we're not really that God really has nothing to do with us and we don't have anything to do with him and oh, we don't want God in our schools, we don't want prayer in our schools. But here, I'm gonna read you, um, William Bradford was the leader of the pilgrims and when they landed, um, 102 pilgrims landed, they struggled ashore, carrying their babies, their few possessions, probably no doubt a Bible. And here's what he wrote about what it was like when they landed being thus arrived in a good harbor and brought safe to land, they fell on their knees and blessed the God of heaven who had brought them over the vast and furious ocean. That's, what, that's how they characterized it. When they got here, the first we were a nation of 102 people when they landed. That's the beginning of our nation. And what the, our nation did in its beginning was to struggle ashore fall on our knees, and thank God. That's the beginning of America. Yeah, it's beautiful, and what preceded that is also beautiful. Uh, The Mayflower Compact was a signed document on the boat they came over on, and it was signed between believers and non-believers, actually, and it was the first uh, civic document in the United States, and it's it's what our Constitution of the United States is based upon. Right. 
Right. And, you know, I, there, you know, Benjamin Franklin was at the Constitutional Convention, and they're trying to write it. And I, it takes a, just a second. Uh, it's a little bit long, my listeners, but I want to read it to you. This was something he wrote, and he delivered to the president of the convention. It, he, he delivered in, on June 28, 1787, when they were meeting in Philadelphia. Let me read to you. <clears throat> Dear Mr. President, the small progress we have made after four or five weeks of close attendance and continual reasoning with each other, our different sentiments on almost every question, several of the last producing as many no's as yeses, is, I think, a melancholy proof of the imperfection of human understanding. We indeed seem to feel our own want of political wisdom since we have been running about in search of it. We have gone back to ancient history for models of government and examined the different forms of those republics which have been formed with the seeds of their own dissolution now no longer exist. And we have viewed modern states all around Europe but find none of their constitutions suitable for our circumstances. In this situation, this assembly is groping, as it were, in the dark to find political truth and scarce able to distinguish it when to us it seems impossible to find. Uh, we have not hitherto once thought of humbly applying to the Father of Lights to illuminate our understanding. In the beginning of the contest with Great Britain, when we were sensible of the danger, we had daily prayer in this room for divine protection. Our prayers, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. All of us who are engaged in this struggle must have observed the frequent instances of superintending providence in our favor. To that kind providence we owe this happy opportunity of consulting in peace now on the means of establishing our Constitution. And we have now, have we now forgotten that powerful friend? Or do we imagine we no longer need God's assistance? I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his age? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this. And I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall not succeed in this political building, no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our little political, partial local interests. Our projects will be confused, and we ourselves shall be become a reproach and a byword down to the future age. And what is worse, mankind may hereafter, this unfortunate instance, despair of establishing governments by human wisdom and leave it to chance, war, and conquest. I therefore beg leave to move, that henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business, and that one or more of the clergy of this city be requested to officiate in that service. That's what Benjamin Franklin suggested that our leaders do as they tried to write the Constitution of the United States of America. How has that been forgotten? 
It's so beautiful. Well, Abraham Lincoln, uh, when he uh, wrote uh, the Gettysburg Address, um, he said, we have forgotten God. And so, it, you know, every generation forgets God. Uh, it's said that God has no grandchildren. Uh, yeah, but there's been a, there's been a, you know, there's been a terrible eroding of this. Let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. In 1782, the Congress adopted a resolution. And here's what it said. Quote, the Congress of the United States recommends and approves the Holy Bible for use in all schools. Yes. Period. I mean, yeah. how far have the mighty fallen from where we started with God? Yeah. It's, it's like ancient Israel. When they were dependent upon God, exiting Egypt, they were in bondage. God rescued them with signs and wonders, great victories. His hand was obvious. Then they said, yes, you are God. And still, they were double-minded and didn't have faith, and God said, okay, I will choose your children, but you people who didn't believe, you will die in the desert. And God trained up a new generation under Joshua who went in with greater faith and took the promised land. But then when the, the Bible says when the, those who did not remember and had not been part of that generation, when they were all dead, then their children started looking at other things. And mostly... We're, we are told by Jesus in the parable of the seeds that yeah, there are those seeds that fall on the rock, there's the seeds that are scooped up uh, on the path, but that third category is, I think, how most people who are Christians or claim to be Christians are. Fell in the weeds. The, yeah, the, the, weeds the weeds or the thorns, and, and they choked out the fruit, and, and, and Jesus explained to his disciples what that means. It means that those people... They, they they say they're believers, but they have the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth. The deceitfulness of wealth is materialism, thinking that things will satisfy. And when you think about what do you really want in life and what is really going to satisfy you, it's very easy to think about circumstantial, environmental, material things. And when that is, is our main default desire, let me, more than God, then, of course, our nation falls. And I believe that's exactly where we are. Well, you know, what you're talking about, I, I just have, I had pre-marked in my Bible, it's in Deuteronomy. Uh, Moses' warning regarding is in Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'll just read that for us, uh, beginning of verse 7. And Moses is telling the people, For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks and of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of the valleys, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees, and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. Okay, that's an example of America. I mean, we walk in the supermarket. If you think about it, you need to, to just sit there and look at the food piled to the ceilings and say, thank you, God, that you have given us so much to eat. Let me go on. It says, beware. When you do all that, when you have eaten and are full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. But beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest, when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold are multiplied and all you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Uh, then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God, 
and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish as the nations which the Lord destroys before you. You shall surely perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. So here is a warning in scripture that we are so full of food and houses and lands, we must not forget the Lord in our country. I hope you're enjoying today's edition of Real Christianity with your host, attorney Mosley Collins. You can get a free copy of today's message on CD or any of Mosley's other messages by calling our office at 916-444-4444. Now let's get back to today's message. Thank you, sweetie. I'm, I'm here with Randy uh, Thomason. Randy, I just want to tell people, you know, I believe in what you're doing and I support it financially. And I want to tell people, if you want to help Randy, you need to go and look at his website. We need a voice like this. And savecalifornia.com. And the whole thing is right there on your computer. And you can see what he's doing. You can sign up to get his emails and keep you advised from a Christian point of view what should, what's going on in the government. And you can also support his ministry. Thank you, Mosley. Um, you know, I was thinking about when you read what Benjamin Franklin recognized that we need to get God's vision for our nation, um, how he went out of the Constitutional Convention, and he was asked by a woman, Dr. Franklin, what have you given us? And he said, a republic, madame, if you can keep it. Again, reflecting God's order that God provides the vision and man obeys. And whether God uses the carrot or the stick, and he used both upon the children of Israel, I mean, that's most of the Old Testament. God is God is saying, hey, I want to be your God. You be my people. I will use the carrot or the stick to help you get with it here. But I really desire relationship, and it's a holy relationship because I cannot participate with sin. Just like the woman was told by Dr. Benjamin Franklin, she has to keep a republic I believe today we've lost our republic and our democracy. Why? Because we have a written constitution that politicians raise their hand and they swear that they will support it. It's the written constitution. But we've got federal judges and state supreme courts with state constitutions. They're looking at case law as being the ultimate authority, even more than the constitution. And then we have ourselves as voters voting not for a republic which has laws for everyone, but voting for things that we just want personally, even if it's a personal sin preference. Like um, tax advantages. Abortion. Like abortion. Homosexuality. Yeah. Um, you know, stopping water from getting to farmers because we think a fish called smelt is more important. Um, you know, we have a problem when we have been given something good by God called a republic, but we won't keep it because we're just going to assume that it's there for us. The blessing is there no matter what we do. And God, I think, laughs derisively at us when we think that way. And Mosley, look at our situation now. We have a significant unemployment in California. It's over 12%. And there's a lot of men who are on unemployment right now. And 
I'm sad when men go on unemployment because it, it's about two years worth. And to take a government check month after month and look to look forward to that government check month after month, that hurts your character. That makes you dependent rather than independent. And that's why we need to train our children when they're young not to become dependent and not to become a new welfare class by default. We need to teach our children to be creative, to work hard, to think outside the box, and to think that they're responsible. Yeah. And then we won't fall into this trap because I'm serious. There are conservative men who are on unemployment and they are being trained to see government as their friend and as their provider. And that is the, that's how we go away from a republic. We've got to be more responsible and more being willing to suffer more for smaller government and moral government to be active doers, not just spectators. So when it hits home to voting, Chuck, we could talk about eating or what we watch or on the internet or the TV too, but it all comes down to us. Are we willing to keep and are we willing to even earn the blessing that God promised? He always wants us to be obedient. Are we willing to promise that to God every morning? Well, you know, that's a, a good point, but I also want to pray for the people that are on, they've been forced because of circumstance to end up uh, on unemployment because there's some good men and good women who have, that's, you know, sometimes that's a hardship that we go through. So let's pray for them right yeah, now. Yeah, and I want to say real quickly, I have compassion for all of those who are on unemployment, but we need to dig out of it with God's help. Lord, I pray for every person on welfare that you help them in Jesus' name. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of Real Christianity. This program is sponsored by the Personal Injury Law Offices of Attorney Mosley Collins. If you or a loved one have been badly injured, you need wise legal counsel. Attorney Mosley Collins has been helping injured people for over 28 years. He knows how to win your case. You can reach Attorney Mosley Collins and his legal staff by calling our office at 916-444-4444. There is never a charge until he wins your case. So just remember, dial all fours for legal help. Now here's a final word from Mosley. Thank you, Lisa. I don't want to end today's program without asking you, my listener, a very important question. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm not asking you if you call yourself a Christian. I'm asking you, do you have a daily personal relationship with Jesus? Have you ever prayed to receive Christ as your Savior? If you haven't, or if you're not sure, call me at my office and I will take the time to pray with you and I will send you a free Bible. If you have any doubt concerning this, I hope you will call me and we will pray together for you to receive Christ and the gift of eternal life. Thank you for listening. From all of us here at Real Christianity, we pray that God will bless you and keep you and that you will live in the love of Jesus.
If you're pregnant and considering abortion, I have important news. I'm attorney Mosley Collins. Perhaps you know my phone number, 444-4444. In the past, I've spoken about personal injury accidents, but today I want to help you if you are pregnant and considering abortion. I know that's a scary spot to be in. So we've created a new organization called SaveYourBaby.org. If you call us, we have resources, medical care, housing, and more to help you save your baby. And it's all free. Many people now believe abortion is a bad choice. Even the woman who brought the original lawsuit legalizing abortion now believes she made a terrible mistake. I don't want you to make a terrible mistake. So I hope you call me at 444-4444. We will help you without charge. But in the end, it's up to you because only you can save your baby. 